Yeah, what's up? I'm gonna kick it with the honey, y'all know. Yo, Slim, can I kick it like that? Here we go. Oh, we'd like to say good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Church Information and Open Forum. I'm Marion Barnett, your host. All right, we got a exciting show for you this morning. Hopefully, very informative and thought provoking. We got a lot of things to talk about this morning, and with us, we have attorney Lee Merritt. He was the attorney down in Wolf City, Texas. Wolf City, that, that little town that found this police officer uh, not guilty for killing this black man, this white police officer, Sean Lucas. And uh, the man met him with a handshake, according to that affidavit. And he was shot, according to an a- the affidavit, Affidavit were looking and trying to get a handshake from this police officer. And, uh, well, we'll let the attorney verify everything for us this morning. And we, I would like to say good morning to office, uh, I mean, attorney Lee Merritt. Good morning, Brother Merritt. Good, good morning, Reverend Burnett. Yes. Uh, well, wh- wh- how do you see this, this whole situation down there in Wolf City? Well, I think it's a litmus test for where we are as a nation. The mm-hmm. Wolf City incident happened on October 3rd, 2020. And, and to, the, to the credit of the people of Wolf City, which is a small town outside of Dallas, just north of the McKinney area, um, mm-hmm. The people gathered around Jonathan Price. I have to give your your listeners a bit of the background on who Jonathan Price was. He's a 31 year old fitness trainer in a city like Wolf City. If you think Friday Night Lights, if you think small town, rural Texas, and football, he was an icon of the city. He was a, a native son, beloved by uh, everyone in the city. Uh, well known, he worked for the city. Uh, he had just opened a gym, <clears throat> and he had made a name for himself playing football for um, the Wolf City High School team. Went on to play college ball. I uh, considered a professional career, but ultimately became an entrepreneur in the North Dallas area. And he was coming back to Wolf City uh, to recognize the homegoing of of, uh, of an elder in the community. And he was, you know, with the Wolf Gang again. He was having some moonshine and hanging out with his boys from the football squad. Mm-hmm. And we looked at, over the course of the last two weeks, all the video that could be gathered about October 3rd of 2020. And it looked like a bunch of guys from the football team having a good time, uh, hanging out at the gas station, which in a city like Wolf was the only place to hang out. Um, uh-huh. They were meeting up with old friends and um, sort of giving each other a hard time playfully. And some of those um, shenanigans have resulted in um, Jonathan coming into counter with another patron who didn't like the guys, right? And then they got mm-hmm. into a pushing match. And while they were in this pushing match, um, um, some guys came around to break it up. It lasted less than 60 seconds. And then it was back to business as usual at the gas station, unfortunately. Uh, someone called law enforcement to the scene, 
and Officer Sean Lucas, a 22-year-old officer who had been in the city for three months. Uh, Mm -hmm. He was relatively new on the job, and uh, he, he, as you mentioned in your opening, Jonathan Price walked up to him to shake his hand and try to explain what was going on, Uh, and the officer said that he would have to be detained. And Jonathan, as well as everyone else at the scene, thought that was a bit of an escalation, that there was no need to to arrest anyone or detain anyone. And whether they were right or wrong about that, we live in Texas in a comply or die culture. And so when Jonathan refused to comply to arrest and attempted to walk away, John Lucas shot him in the back with a taser. Shot him in the back? To the credit of the city of uh, Wolf, the city of Wolf fired John Lucas for discharging that taser because you don't shoot someone in the back with a taser for uh, for not agreeing to an arrest, not in not when you're not investigating a felony or a serious, serious violent crime. Um, and so he was terminated for that decision. Unfortunately, the taser was not effective. Uh, it caused, it stopped Jonathan Price in his tracks, but it did not cause him to go to the ground. And so when it did not cause him to go to the ground and his body locked up, uh, Officer Sean Lucas removed his service weapon and shot at Jonathan Price four times, striking him twice. Uh, one of the bullets making it to Jonathan's heart. He bled out on the scene and, and died on his way to the hospital. Uh, the Texas Rangers who investigate small city shootings across the state, and I've had a lot of criticism for the Texas Rangers. You'll recall in, in mm-hmm. the case of Bolton Jeff, right. the Texas Rangers said that Amber Geiger and, and Bolton Jeff, for your listeners again, uh, who don't recall, uh, was uh, shot in his apartment complex by Officer Amber Geiger, who said that she Mm-hmm. Uh, he, um, uh, she thought she was in her own apartment and that he was an intruder. The Texas mm-hmm. Ranger said that she was justifiable, that she was right for pulling the trigger in that situation. However, the Rangers in this case said that there was no justification for Officer Sean Lucas to use deadly force against an unarmed and non-threatening Jonathan Price. That was their official conclusion. They mm-hmm. agreed with Wolf City officials who terminated Sean Lucas and the only expert that testified in the trial that just wrapped up two days ago uh, testified. Every police officer who took the stand said that was not appropriate. It was not a reasonable use of force. It was not necessary. And therefore, it was murder. Mm-hmm. However, uh, in Hunt County, where the jurors came from, uh, they, they were only able to secure an all-white panel. Um, about even between men and women. Uh, but an all-white, fairly conservative jury panel concluded that Officer Sean Lucas was not guilty for the crime of murder, and they acquitted him, um, breaking the family's heart and, and breaking the community's heart. And I can talk to you a little more about what, what our next steps are, but that, that is a basic update. Now, now uh, uh, Wolf City, is that, that's near Greenville, isn't it? Yeah, so the, the trial took place in Greenville, and for, for what it's worth, no one from Wolf City was on the jury. Um, uh, the jury came from various parts of Hunt County, which uh, so th- this was a Hunt County countywide jury. That's right. And so the, we can't say it was twelve people just out of Wolf City. Yes, there was not a single member of the jury from Wolf City. Now, Hunt County guy has a pretty good population. 
And you yeah, mean to tell me you couldn't find? Uh, there are a lot of black people that hunt in in in, in that county. You you gonna tell That's me right. you couldn't find no black person to be on there? So the prosecutor for for Wolf City is Noby Walker, and he's been a, a long time prosecutor for not for Wolf City but for Hunt County. Mm-hmm. And, and to be clear for your listeners, my office is a federal civil rights firm. And so we, we're, we are representing the family and, our, and, it, and it's federal pursuit for justice. But at the state level, Noby Walker and his attorneys were responsible for um, bringing in a diverse jury of, of Sean Lucas's peers. Mm-hmm. And they were not able to seek a single black juror on that jury. And, and I agree with you, Hunt County is more diverse than it is reflected in the jury panel. We saw, again, something similar in the Ahmaud Arbery case uh, mm-hmm. down there in South Georgia. Uh, South Georgia is very diverse because of the history of uh, the slave traffic traffic, uh, in the huge black populations in places like Hunt County, which which one of the main cash crops is Dorothy Wisconsin. Uh, There is a huge black population that has endured over the years, and and, an all-white jury either in South Georgia or in Hunt County does not reflect uh, the population at all. This, This sounds like Mississippi in the 60s. I mean, you know, more things change. Now, now, this says a whole lot of where where we really are in America. Because every everyone I've talked to tell me this guy was a real great guy, nice guy, and uh, yeah. they tell me a lot of white people really just liked him. Yeah, he had that type of personality. But but at the same time. This clown decides he wants the taser wasn't enough, so he's gonna shoot him and kill him. Yeah. This this yeah. this this is uh, sad. Now can can the feds come in on this after they've had a jury trial? Well, that is the first conversation that I had with the office of Novi Walker. Uh-huh. Uh, please reach out to the local U.S. Attorney's office. Uh-huh. I have friends in D.C. Uh, you, you know that I've been a part of the George Floyd case. And the yes, you've case. been a part of a lot of them. Yes, you have. Yeah. You have been very active locally and nationally. You've been very, very active. Yes. Yes, sir. And um, and the the Biden administration, the Biden DOJ, under the leadership of Christian Clark, uh, in, in terms of the head of the Civil Rights Division, has been a lot more active than the previous administrations, including the Obama administration, in bringing and bringing and picking up these cases where families are denied justice on a local level. And so, mm-hmm. yes, we are protecting the DOJ to review uh, this incident and the denial of justice at the state level, and we're hoping for federal charges. Wow. And, uh, it was this uh, how many men how many w- women was on this jury it was about even about uh, about six six mm-hmm. and uh, there was a, there was an initial panel of 13 and then two two uh, or three alternate alternates were dismissed there was an initial panel of 16 and three alternates were dismissed uh, now one of the alternates that was dismissed was a woman of color and I would have to guess uh, based on her appearance, she, she appears to be of Asian descent. Uh-huh. Uh, but she was dismissed from the panel. She was dismissed? As an alternate, yes, sir. 
this, you, uh, I really, uh, no, I'm not surprised. You see, some no. people get surprised thinking uh, a day like this was over. But racism is just as boiling hot now as it was 37, 38 years ago when I started this show. Attitudes was different then. People were trying to improve. But things since Trump, this whole thing has gotten worse. Well, irony, the irony of the murder of Jonathan Price is that Jonathan Price is what you, some might call a booster kid, right? A football booster kid. He was adopted uh-huh. by, by a white family in Wolf City. Uh, and culturally, he saw himself as an American first. He believed in law enforcement. He was, in a lot of ways, his, he made public statements that put him at odds with Black Lives Matter in that uh-huh. movement. And he would, he would be the first to tell you uh, that law enforcement officers do a difficult job and that, um, you know, our community should cut them some slack. He was, he was pro-police. And uh, and that's why, you, again, as you mentioned in the show's opening, he walked up to this police officer confident, holding out, extending his hand of friendship, mm-hmm. trying to explain happening. But he was met uh, with the reality of being black in America uh, Wolf City knew him, but this kid, Sean Lucas, this, this young officer, he was not from Wolf City. Uh, he, he came out of the prison system. And if you ever want to know where America really stands, look at its prison. And this uh, police officer had come out of that culture of the prison system that is deeply racist. And mm-hmm. and, um, and unfortunately, he allowed that racism and violence to impact his service as a police officer and it resulted in the death of Jonathan Well, looking at his demeanor, just looking at his demeanor, the way he looks, the way he acts, as if he's proud that he did this. Uh, is this something that uh, do you think that Jerry had within them that same attitude that he had? Yeah, I, I I think that there was an undertone of white supremacy. You know, sitting in that small town Hunt County courtroom, mm-hmm. uh, first on, on the wall to the right is 20 pictures of judges who sat on that bench, all white men. And, mm-hmm. and so that's to the right and to the left is their all white jury panel. Uh, and they saw... And, and the only person who was ever humanized during this trial, I just told you a lot of great things about Jonathan Price. We didn't hear any of that during the trial. We didn't see any videos of the motivational speeches that he gave or the community members that he impacted. We didn't hear that he was a great man. We heard that about Sean Lucas. We heard that his mother died at a young age and he, he joined the police force to serve his community and to give back and to be a helper and to be a hero that he had never done anything wrong. Jonathan Price didn't have a criminal record. He had never done anything criminally wrong. But we, we, we didn't hear that kind of thing. And so, yeah, uh, even if they didn't say, you know, we, we don't care about Jonathan Price because his life is less valuable as a black man, it was evident in every decision made in that courtroom. So he stuck his head in the lion's mouth and he got bit off. Yeah. That's the best I can say about this. 
he tried to befriend something that would never show itself friendly. So all of a sudden he's dead and they are upholding the way he was murdered. Uh, yep. the, what, what, okay, what can the feds, what will the feds, you believe, what can they do? Well, the, the, the state charges are complete. And as you know, and as most of your listeners probably appreciate, double jeopardy attacks. There will never be criminal charges filed by the state of Texas against Officer John Lucas again. John no. Lucas again. However, uh, there are federal statutes uh, uh, protections offered under uh, the Civil Rights Act, um, under the Constitution, under the Fourth, Am- the Fourth Amendment, uh, that we've seen. So when Ahmaud Arbery's murderers, the McMichaels and uh, William Roddy Bryan, uh, were charged at the state level, the federal uh, government, the DOJ, also brought separate hate crime charges against those men. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was a safety net. So if if there was a acquittal at the state level, then they could they could pursue those criminal charges. Uh, fortunately, in that case, there was a conviction at the state level, and the federal government went forward with those charges. And so those men received life two times, essentially. Um, that's similar to what can happen here, except the reverse. Now that the case is held at the state level, the federal government can bring charges that could offer sentences up to life in prison for Sean Lucas in a federal penitentiary with no no parole or probation Um, and they have the resources and the inclination to do so and so now it's just a matter of uh, and if anyone wants to advocate on behalf of justice for Wolf City on behalf of justice for Hunt County and for the black community in those areas uh, they can contact Christine Clark who's the head of the Civil Rights Division and let her know that an injustice has taken place Uh, I don't know that it has been brought fully to her attention yet but that is certainly where our focus lies now the criminal trial at the state level has concluded. Well, do you, do you want people to call uh, this uh, person with the Department of Justice to uh, let them know that the community, the surrounding community, everything, is uh, everybody is yes, upset about this situation? Yeah, we, we are unfortunately in a political a politicized time concerning criminal accountability mm-hmm. and so about 40 days outside of the November elections it is critically important that the community express to DC uh, to the Department of Justice and to the Civil Rights Division that this injustice occurred and that they expect action uh, the, the federal government does have the resources for this kind of action they, they've had the rhetoric and, and for what it's worth they, they've made some strides to set things right uh, that have gone unanswered like this case. So you can reach out to Kristen Clark on on the DOJ's website. You can reach out to her on social media. You can call, you can email. Uh, again, Noby Walker, uh, the prosecutor for Hunt County and the attorneys who took on this case have agreed to push all the evidence to the DOJ along with a letter uh, asking for their intervention. My office will continue to do the same. And um, the more community backing that we have, the more likely they will feel the political pressure to take action. All right. Is, is there a number they can call a website or something that uh, you would like to see done? DOJ.gov. DOJ.gov. Uh, and, and the name is Kristen Clark. Her information is publicly available, but no, I don't have for for your audience this morning. 
All right. Christian Clark. Christian Clark, yes, sir. Wait, okay. Alright. And for what it's worth, I, I'll just take the moment to mention this. Christian Clark is the appointment to the Civil Rights Division that we all advocated for. She is a civil rights attorney. She is a personal friend. She's a friend of Benjamin Crump. She's a friend uh, to um, the civil rights community. She's not only a friend, but a leader and a trailblazer in that community. And so she, when you reach out to her office, you're reaching out to a friendly office uh, who, who Hart is inclined to bring justice to the black community. She's a black woman for what it's worth. And, um, and so I, I want your listeners to know that when reaching out, that uh, you, uh, you don't have to necessarily reach out with hostility, be polite, be professional, but let her know about this injustice and ask for her intervention. Mm-hmm. Well, now, well, now she, uh, she's in D.C., right? That's correct. Okay. And she's with the Department of Justice. Uh, Christian Clark, if you want to be more formal, informal, or whatever, uh, Miss Clark, we'll call her that. And this, and with the Department of, of Justice, and we can tell her about the case with Jonathan Price. Would that would that be the name to use? Uh, yeah, use, use the name of Jonathan Price, uh, explaining that it occurred in Hunt County and that an all-white jury acquitted uh, Officer Sean Lucas despite the Texas Ranger concluding the shooting was unjustified, despite the city of Wolf concluding the shooting was unjustified, and despite every police officer who took the stand that the officer had committed a crime. Attorney Merritt, I have gone way over my time. I wasn't paying any attention. I'm sorry. Uh, we got to take a short break. And y'all, if y'all want to talk to us, 972-647-1893. We'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? It's- I'm going to keep it with Okay, we're back. And uh, we're going to take your calls. And... Uh, yeah, we're talking to Attorney Lee Merritt, a national worker for civil rights. Thank God for him, because they are few and far between. All right, uh, Brother Merritt, you ready to take some calls? Yes, sir, and just give you a heads up and your listeners, I have about 20 minutes and I need to jump. Okay. You got about 20 minutes more? Yes, sir. Okay, all righty, let's go. Okay, good morning. Uh, we have uh, Leon on uh, line three. Leon? Yes. All righty. Good morning, Leon. Good morning, uh, Reverend Barnett and uh, Attorney Mayor. Good morning, Brother Leon. Uh, good morning. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, Reverend Barnett, that's, this is why we should support your station, first of all, because you uh, don't let this stuff just disappear. And yeah. I'm, I'm certainly glad to see that you're uh, putting a spotlight on this thing because uh, it kind of reminded me of the Emmett Till trial. And, uh, you know, uh, so I'm, I'm, we need to continue to support this station and we appreciate your work. Uh, Thank you. At- Attorney, uh, Attorney Merritt, give, us, give me some of your comments on the uh, Tatiana Jefferson situation because we've, we've talked about this before on this show. And can you tell us, Give us some insight on what you think is going on and what you think should happen. Absolutely. Brother Lee, you don't have what work to do. 
Okay, you kind of broke up. I'm uh-uh. from Fort Worth, do you? Okay, again, this I'm having phone problems. Maybe on my uh, I'll try this one more time. I said, are you from Fort Worth? No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. No. Okay, great. Um, Tatiana Jefferson, again, for listeners who may not be familiar with her, and I'm actually here with Tatiana Jefferson's nephew, who was present with her in October of 2019 when she was shot to death in her home. Um, her, her nephew Zion here, is here with me in my home today because I have the pleasure of babysitting him this weekend. Uh, you asked for an update on the case, and I just want to make sure that people understood uh, what happened to her. She was playing video games with her nephew Zion um, in her bedroom when an officer creeped around the back of her home and shot her through her bedroom window after a neighbor called because the front door was left open. Uh, and he was concerned that there may be a medical emergency. The, num- the neighbor called a non-emergency hotline and said, hey, my neighbor, who is an elderly woman, Tatiana's mother, uh, her door is open. It's late at night, and I just want to make sure that she's okay. Well, uh, now, wait, uh, hold, hold, hold up one second. Uh, he came prepared to talk uh, about the Jonathan Price uh, situation. Uh, Tatiana Jefferson... We addresses that and have kept that alive on this radio station. And uh, I'm glad you're thinking about her. But we are dealing with Jonathan Price this morning. Thank you for your call. Goodbye. All righty. 972 647 1893. Who do we have, Pierre? Uh, we have a longtime listener on uh, line two. Okay. Uh, longtime listener, good morning. Yes, good morning, sir. And I want to agree with your last caller because that was what prompted me to call is to tell you that we don't get this type of information without your station. And I just want to thank you in particular for bringing Mr. Merritt on. Mr. Merritt, you changed the face of Fort Worth when you came into town with the Jacqueline and Craig situation. Uh-huh. Um, for some reason that city has been into some type of I don't know what just I don't know if that's a, just a, some type of spirit paralyzing the spirit and I I've never seen the brothers come together like that during that time that you were working on that situation I know you had plenty of trouble also thank you for the update on the little boy uh, Mr. Jeff Jefferson's little uh, nephew because, see, we wouldn't get that information without you. That kid that was enough to tell us that the little boys in good hands at all states. So mm-hmm. that's basically all I want to say. I know there are other people that want to call in. So thank you so very much. God bless and God keep everybody. We thank you for your call and coming. All right. Thank, thank you so much. Eclipse the line, 972-647-1893. All right, who's next? Uh, uh, next is uh, Steve on uh, line four. Steve? Steve, yeah. Sylvia? No, Steve. 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 Yes. Steve. All right. Bring him on. Good morning, Steve. Hello, Steve. How are you doing? Yes, uh-huh. You're on with Attorney Merritt. Uh, yes, I want to commend Attorney Merritt on all the work he's done. Uh, I uh, was aware that he worked with uh, uh, Congresswoman-elect Crockett on the Box Springs uh, of that little boy over there, but he needs yes, to be sir. commended. Yeah, he needs to be commended for the work you've done. 
I, I just got one statement to make about uh, the Office of uh, the Department of Justice. Uh, historically, it was created in 1870 as, uh, as an agency to defend the, the rights of black people. And the Department of Justice is real... Uh, they, well, they don't waste any time looking into political wrongdoing, uh, malfeasance of city money, state money. But when it comes to the to the death of uh, minorities, you know, it's, it's like we got a prod, we got a, a beg, we've got to uh, put the stick out there to get some uh, action on these issues. So, uh, you know, I know it's election time, but this is an issue that is dear, that is dear to me, and I think they need to uh, put this as a priority uh, um, for, for uh, black people in this country. I have to agree with you 100%, and thank you for your comments. Uh, the Department of Justice, uh, uh, I mentioned that they have, over the Civil Rights Division now, uh, Kristen Clark, who uh, I respect and who's a great attorney. However, she should have been the head of the DOJ. The Civil Rights Division now is taking on the responsibility of the work that, as you, you rightfully pointed out, was supposed to be the work of the Department of Justice itself. Not just one division, not just one limited office with limited resources and limited attorneys. And so you have Kristen Clark and her division overwork while Merrick Garland is the head of the DOJ. Mr. Merrick Garland has no civil rights laurels. It was a bad appointment. Uh, mm -hmm. So um, as a result, our community remains underserved and we have to beg and we have to prod for limited resources to reach families. You know, um, Jonathan Price family uh, deserves an immediate review by the DOJ, but so does mm -hmm. the family of veteran Damian Daniels in San Antonio killed in front of his home. So does the family of Atatiana Jefferson and Jordan Edwards that you mentioned earlier. So many families that need federal intervention because the state of our racist and corrupt state, uh, a local court and judicial system. Uh, and we don't have the resources that we deserve that the time demands to actually fix it. And so we, we, we're forced to, to work with Again, a, a handicapped uh, uh, civil rights division. I understand fully, sir. I was just uh, giving some historical content to the the original, the original purpose of the organization. Yes. No, and you're right about that. And it, and it is not too late to fix that. We need to go back to the original purpose. And when Biden, when President Biden came to office, and we were allowed to be, you know, the civil rights community was allowed to be a part of the conversations about who should take over what department. Uh, they, they tossed us what we call the proverbial bone of Kristen Clark, the head of the civil rights division. But we wanted a black civil rights leader, somebody like Benjamin Crump, or any, any number of, of stalwart attorneys who have experience in the, in the civil rights community as the head of the DOJ, because we need that department to address festering issues of racism in our country and in our judicial system. Absolutely. And I'll end my uh, my statement. Keep up the Thanks, good sir. work. Thank you, sir. Yes. The, the, uh, the, when we look at this whole situation, uh, we have uh, several uh, of your lawyers Several of y'all could have been appointed to that position, but he decided he would go with a white male. 
Yeah. What do you really think that was all about? It made no sense. Well, Mayor Garland, as, you, uh, as you're probably aware, is a longtime friend of Joe Biden. He was snubbed for an appointment to the Supreme Court by Obama. Uh, and Obama, uh, President Obama was, was doing that as a favor, in my opinion, to vice, then Vice President Joe Biden. And because of the blockage of that appointment, uh, he decided to make him the head of a, a, the DOJ, kind of thumbing his nose at the Republican Party. But the truth is, he did a disservice to the black community that got him elected. Well, it seems like to me, and I don't want to get too far off that subject, that he has a problem, especially appointing black males to to position. Do you agree with that? I I, I agree with that. Uh, The the Biden administration has has tolerated me in my office and my work. Uh, mm-hmm. In the same way that the same way the Trump administration tolerated me, they're no better than Trump. No, they're no better than Trump in terms of how they've tolerated and work with me and the families that I represent uh, from the Biden administration. And it's been my opinion that Biden has a hard time dealing with black men in authoritarian uh, positions. Yes, difficult time speaking to us as equals. Mm-hmm. He has a difficult time speaking to our leadership without raising his voices, without raising his voice, which I found really mystifying that he got in the room with people like um, uh, the head of the NAACP, Derek, uh, Derek um, I'm, I'm missing Derek's last name, but uh, 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 Ben Crump and people like uh, Al Sharpton. And he get, began to talk down to these leaders in our community in a way that I found highly disrespectful, but it, it seems to be the only way he knows how to deal well, with black men. I am so glad you said that because just on TV, I picked that up. That he had problems dealing with strong black males. He has a problem. Now, I'm going to vote. I definitely can't vote for Republican. Yes, I'm going to vote for him. Let people know that I'm not a Republican. No, I'm not. (laughs) But I'm, I'm for my people. And if it's anybody even that pretend to be for my people, and I pick up something on him that I think that might turn south on us. I, I'll let you know that too. No, absolutely. Yeah, See? I, I received uh, because I work with the White House, and they hear about interviews like this where I'm, I'm critical towards the president. You know, they they call other people and say, "Well, can you get Lee married under control?" He, we're we're trying to work with him, but he doesn't say nice things about us all the time. And I say the truth. The, the scripture says the truth always exists, and I'm going to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if they want me to change what I'm saying, they're going to have to change their behavior. Now, do I prefer to work with the Biden administration or the Trump administration? The Biden administration. Uh, they have they've given us more fruit for our efforts, but it's still only incremental change. Well, I tell you what, uh, it's uh, 740 and the time that you need to spend with us. I thank you for spending this time with us. And uh you know, you can always call me anytime. Call me at home. Uh, uh, call me here at the station. You can always call yes, me. Yes, sir. And uh, you're well, welcome you. to be. And stay strong. I know they try to block you out a lot of times. Like to block you from practicing in Texas and all. They've given you all kind of problems. But uh, you've been strong and stay strong. I don't realize. I don't see how you do it. But uh, you are as good as a... Uh, 
any national lawyer in civil rights that I've seen. I thank you. Reverend Burnett, I thank you so much for your friendship and for your advocacy. I look forward to continuing this conversation. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. All right, thank you. All right, we got up against a short break, and we're going to change subjects now, and you can reach me at 972-647-1893. We'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? All right, we're back, and we're going to open the lines up to whatever you want to talk about this morning. Whoever want to open mind, those lines, 972-647-1893, whatever you want to talk about. What about it? What about it? What's going on? What's going on in our school district? And one of the things... What do you think? What do you think? Where are we headed to as a nation? Are we going forward? Are we going backwards? When it comes to racial discrimination, are we going forward? Or are we going backwards? What's going on? You got a nation where people all over this nation, and especially suburban, communities, white suburban communities, say they don't want the critical race theory taught in their schools. They don't want this. They don't want to hear it. They don't want their children to hear it. What in the world is going on in our schools? And when we see, ask the question, why not? Why is it you don't want to end racism? Why not? And we, 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 we have just got to have a discussion on things. That's up to you. We got one person answering the phones. A lot of you are calling in. Uh, if, you, if you've called a few minutes ago and hung up, there you go. Some y'all can call back. I don't know who you are, who, who's calling. But we need to move fast, and we got to move fast because we want to give as many people a chance to talk as want to talk. We're having an open line. I rarely have these. I usually provide you a subject, but I want to hear what you've got to say. 972-647-1893. Basically, I'm filibustering now to let all the lines fill up and let him get ready get a full line of calls to get going and if you get a line hold on if you can get in hold on and we will get to you that's what the voice of the people is all about giving you an opportunity to express yourselves all right all right, who do we have here? All right, uh, Imani is on the line one. Imani? Yeah. All righty, bring him on. Good morning, Imani. Good morning, Pastor. How you doing? Fine. How are you doing? Well, I'm still in I'm what you call the land of the living. Well, I, to, this really the land of the dying, isn't it? Well, no, you know, I, I, I studied religion a little bit, and I found out something yeah, we, you know, if, if you look at that, I'd like to go back to Egypt. And, you know, uh, it's not enough pain yet. And, and until we get enough pain, we're not going to wake up. 
and, and realize that this whole system is back in God we trust. Well, would you think a civil war in this country would bring some pain? Well, we are. We study now. My group, the Palanomics Corporation, we're studying about. Uh, uh, it's going. We we predicted a civil war in 2024, and um, we uh, the group take the things that we're talking about. We study Lilith, and then we study, of course, Palanomics, and then we're looking at a book called Without Sanctuary. You ever looked at that book? No. Well, look at for you can get it at a Quito Palanomics. Uh, African American bookstore over there, and and you look, and you, the people can't read, and they don't study, and they don't do anything but complain. And all they have to do is buy that book, and without sanctuary, got all these brothers they're hanging them, and, and you know they just got pictures. It it don't do a lot of talking. It just shows you with your eyes what they what they do and why they do it. Frances Wilson said a lot about it, but she said it's all about fear, genetic annihilation. And that's why they're just killing us because they they only take what, what quarter of the population of the world and, and everybody else of color, and it's really about fear. And fear turns into hate, and hate turns into envy and murder. And we're studying that on our think tank with Dr. Clark. Well, Francis Chris Wilson came out and said what they fear most is our genitals. It's black males. She came for and said it. Up openly and publicly, I was so hurt when she passed. She's been gone now about three, four years now, and uh, she was very open and one of the most brilliant uh, scholars on African American studies that I've ever yes, read. Yes. Well, I got a whole library, but the big thing where we studied about the bank tank with Dr. Claude Elson, Ice Cube, and a lot of us, thousands of us, we realized that we got one problem. We don't have no money. We don't have no power-nomics. And that's why I've been giving people three books because I listen to your show, and um, we do a lot. We do, but we got to go vertical now. We can't go horizontal. We got to go up. We got to get some money so we can buy some politics. We got buy when we get politics, we can go up, and we can get, we can get us some. Then we get us some uh, police. We buy our police, okay? And then we go up. And then we all start with the money. Then we go up to religion and education. we got five steps we studied. And Dr. Claude Emerson is trying to get in see Mr. Biden, but Mr. Biden is trying to use us until after the election. We know that. He wants our 38% vote. And we we, we talking about how will we vote this time because we never get anything. After we vote and go out there, we never get anything. I've been here for 73, four years. And I've been voting here since Vietnam, Army and Navy. And I've never seen nothing. It's getting worse than well, why do you think the greatest insult, to my opinion, of him is he's letting everybody in the country but those black people from Haiti? If you notice, they send like they send them on the bus. The black people come over here from Haiti and the Dominican and all these people. They, you notice they don't put the cameras on them. They always show the brown people. Remember that old thing said white and, and they seek the horses. They stop them. They got they broke out the horses on the Haitians to run them back into the river. Uh, they're going right back to Haiti. They're Clinton. They're messed up Haiti. Haiti. And, and our people just got perishing from the lack of knowledge. Yeah. And that's what our problem is. We don't want people knowledge to understand that we are in a, 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 a nation that is, is controlled by money, power. 
And that's our power, and that's what we study, and that's why I say money instead of economics, because our people don't understand what economics means. We could save ourselves if we would just stop buying stuff that we don't need, like alcohol, marijuana, uh, hair, that hair that we put on our heads, the most important thing on our brains. We, we buy nails, and we, get, we give our money to people that really don't love us. No, we give our money to, to people who actually hate us, mistreat us when we come into their stores, and uh, really, uh, the, we, the problem behind that is the standard of beauty in this world. They've been taught the standard of beauty, beauty, if you want to be beautiful, you better have long hair. You better have a certain color of skin. You got you got to paint your nails a certain way. You got to have a certain walk, a certain side. The standard of beauty that we have accepted, which they did that in purpose to make sure that our people will feel less than them when we already got the most beautiful women on earth without all that. But we uh, tend to go along with those who have set up a standard that was not what God gave us. I thank you for your talk, for your call. It's called Inappropriate Behavior. The book Dr. Anderson is telling us the same thing you said. All right. Thank you. That clears the line. 972-647-1893. Who do we have next, Pierre? We have a... Uh, we have uh, Eric Jacobs on uh, line three. Oh, all right, okay. Good, good morning, Eric. Good morning, Eric. I ain't heard from you uh, about two, three months. No, I've been here except for last week, but I've been here good. every week. Yep. How you doing? How? You doing all right? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing great. That's good. That's good. You didn't cut that box in the loose, haven't you? No, man. That's, that's something I've been betting anybody. Nobody could do it better than me, Ben Benny. Nobody. Nobody. I mean this. And just, they ain't never seen a 61-year-old box. And the world needs to see me, man. Everybody blowing at me and telling about a box like this. I'm going to and I ran three miles in 35 minutes. In 35 minutes? In 35 minutes, look at this cigarette. It took you 35 minutes to run three miles? Huh? It took you 35 minutes to run now. You sure do need to get out of that ring. It would take you 35 minutes to run three miles. See, if you're running three miles, the best a man your age could do would be about... Each mile would be about close to eight a minutes. A whole lot of young boys ain't got no three mile run, Bernie. They're not in shape. You see, I'm you're supposed shape. to be in condition. In yeah, all right. I, okay. I, I, I eat a hundred dollars worth of food a month, and I mm. do get on a hundred dollars worth of food a month. All right. On a hundred dollars worth of food. Okay. You can't do it. You know, young boys do it. I've been doing this all my life. Well, it's, uh, Do what? Say so what? Huh? You said I couldn't do it. 
No, I'm not running at all now because I've gotten some college in my knees that I'm gonna have to be half put in my knees. But but still but still I want you safe. I want you calling me because you are a good man and you have changed uh, the, uh, your whole demeanor and everything the years that you've been calling me from the first time you started. So I want to keep you around because you do have some wisdom and knowledge and you can help a lot of young men with your wisdom, okay? That's what I like to hear, brother. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. You always talk good to me. Yeah, because I, I, I want I want to keep you around. And believe me, uh, you're 61. Remember that now. These 20-year-olds and 25-year-olds, uh, they might try to hurt you in the ring. You know what a 60-year-old man got that a whole lot you don't have? I have a man of an island. My man is an island when I'm 60. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. All right, thank you for your call. That clears the line nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. Who do we have here? Uh, Beverly is on uh, line four. Beverly, yes. All righty. Good morning, Beverly. Good morning. How are you doing? Fine. How are you doing this morning? I'm I'm fabulous. You know what? I agree with that. Uh, the young man called before the one you just got off with. I agree with him 100%. Mm-hmm. They are just disrespecting us, and we are just sitting here playing their game, and they're laughing all the way to the bank. Well, we need to stop. The, the problem is that uh, uh, we've never been taught the value of a dollar. This is a capitalistic society. And when we learn the value of our dollars and whose hands we put that dollar in, we've never been taught to deny certain hands because that hand is also a hand of oppression. Exactly. And we, we really finance our own oppression. Because we do put money into the hands of our enemies daily, we do that. And we and we sit we study sit up complaining about things when we are not we are not changed. That's why I said Bernie way back. Integration didn't help us; it hurt us. Integration. Well, it it, it, it helped and it hurt. It sent us in two different directions. See, I remember the time we had almost everything we needed in our own community that was owned yes, by did. us. Yes, we did. We That was the time. But when we was able to go to Mr. Charlie's store, or whatever, we walked off and left what, I had, what we had, and we, the, our people had to go out of business because we were patronizing someone else. See, they denied us so long that it felt so good for a lot of black people just to be able to go into his store and stand there and spend my our money with them. And see, by them denying us, they were 
really widening and bettering our appetite for them. Exactly. See, we, we, we did not learn a lesson for that God put before us from the very beginning. You can eat from every tree in the, in the garden except for one. But what tree did they want the most? The one they were told not to eat from. And that's the way we did. We ate from the wrong tree, the, the tree we shouldn't have eaten from. Exactly. Yes. All right. Have a good day. We All right. Thank you. People. All right. Uh-huh. Thank you. Hey, Cleveland, 972 Boy, we almost... I hate to put a call on and, and kill it off in a few seconds. All right. Let's go to our one. It's, right, it's 8 o'clock. All right. And uh, we can re- you can reach me at 972-647-1893. We'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? I'm gonna kick it with mine, y'all know. Yo, Slim, can I kick it like this? Here we go. Well, it's time to make that change. All right, we're back and ready for our number two of church information and open forum. All righty. You're also welcome to worship with Heavenly Joy Church tomorrow morning, 9.30, that uh, we have service. And uh, Marion Barnett Sr., it's my on my Facebook, so hope to see you tomorrow morning on on Heavenly Joy Church, Marion Barnett Senior on Facebook. And if you want to reach me, we have an open line nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. Let's get to rolling, Pierre. I guess get some of these yeah. callers on there. Uh, we we have a uh, Miss Jones on the line too. Miss Jones? Yes. All righty. Good morning, Miss Jones. Good morning, Robert Burnett. Yeah, how are you this morning? I'm doing blessed. I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. I want to be brief. Uh, I talked to you last week about sharing your knowledge and your history in your head. Write a book. The devil is defeating us by meeting in person in church. Write a book so we can buy it. Okay. Take your time and write your Okay, book. Uh, several people asked me to do that. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Do it. Yeah, because once, once I'm gone, all of this is gone. That, that's left. I, I've left with my children and grandchildren. And uh, some of it they don't understand. Hmm? Leave it for us to pass it on. Yeah. Thank we will. We will do that. We will do that. And thank you for asking. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you. Uh-huh. Eclipse on line 972-647-1893. Who do you have, uh, Pierre? We have uh, Mike on uh, line four. Mike? Oh. Mike, yeah. All righty. All right. Good morning, Mike. Hello, good morning. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? I listen to your show almost every weekend, actually, as I said last time. You are mm-hmm. one of the reasons I wake up early every Saturday morning. And I do appreciate extremely the kind of topics you bring up and you let people speak their minds. Mm-hmm. I really want to say one thing uh, just to, I know I've been saying it again and again. However, I have not gotten any kind of uh, uh, reply from anybody. Uh, mm-hmm. I understand that you stand there to re- representing the African-American community which I support greatly. Mm-hmm. But the biggest, the one question I have no one's answering is that 
why are we a punk? Why are we always supporting the political party that disgrace us, that's taking everything away from us? However, we always, African-American community always support the Democrat Party. If you really look earlier, you were saying that we had everything in our neighborhood, we were shopping for, uh, for, each, other, for each other, we were growing out each other's business. Uh, you probably already remember the Black Wall Street, which was destroyed by the Democrat KKK. Also in Dallas Fortress area, I don't know if you remember back in the 70s, all Metro Avenue, most of the shops were owned by African Americans. Now, the mechanic shops were owned, owned by, uh, by African Americans. Where are those businesses right now? Why each one of those businesses are taken over by different people? Do you really think that's not by design? Yes, it's by design, and uh, we have to understand that everything we do to make it is being monitored by others. They come to this country and have lived here, they want to monitor us. Those who are coming into this country, comes into this country without teaching them true American history. They've taught the first place you look at is the black community. That's the first place you go to exploit, to get over, to get a toehold in America. And many times we sell our business, give our business to other people, and we end up with nothing. These are the things that have been happening. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I didn't mean to interrupt you. The problem I see in that is because the politicians, the, our politicians, the black politicians, they are the ones who are exposing us for that kind of ridicule. Because if you really look at the SBA, was specifically designed for an African-American community. But if you really look at who's benefiting under SBA, people like me who came from another country, live in this country, yeah. and we are taking advantage of this. Yes. I consider mean, myself an African-American for one reason. My kids are born here. I'm sorry, My kids are black. Therefore, that is going to be the yes. same kind okay. of opportunity they're going to be facing tomorrow. I don't want them to go through the same thing. I want them to be better than this generation. Therefore, as an African-American community, we need to choose our leaders. We need, we need to do a better choice. Well, uh, let, let me ask you something. Why did you come to America? I came to America because it's the greatest country in the world. Who made it that way? Wait a minute, hold up, hold up. Who made it that way? The people who live in it. Huh? Every one of us. Everybody who made it that way? What did America have, what advantage America have had over other great countries of the world today. What what is it they had? I know where you're trying to go. Well, answer my question. Nope. Where were you trying? Where were free you, economy. Huh? No hierarchy. Free economy. Free market. No hierarchy. Uh, come on, come on, come on. Put it in English. Come on. You, you don't want to answer it because you know that we as African Americans were used work for free from sunup to sundown to build this nation which our people did. This is why you, other people come here, want to come to America is behind what our ancestors did. And don't come here 
going to criticize those that are here. The only reason why you are here is behind what our ancestors did. But you need to take another different attitude and, and come here and wanting to work with those that are here. And if you have some knowledge they don't have, enlighten, not criticize, okay? Sir, I am actually exactly that. That's what I'm saying. I am proud of the people who came before me. I am proud of the African-American people like Booker T. Washington. Those are the people I appreciate the most. Dubois, those people who created the biggest impact in African-American community. However, the only people I saw I'm against is that those people who are telling us, telling the African-American community to the other people, telling the African-American people they pretend that they are pro-African-American community, they pretend they go out there that black people are this, black lives matter, all that kind of stuff. However, they only use the African-American community for their vote. After their vote is over, they turn around, they never turn around and look at us. i tell you what, name some personally that you're talking about. Give me their names. <laughs> give me their names. I can't tell you. Huh? Why you won't give me their names? You make these bold statements, I'm not seeing you lying. I might agree with you. Give me their names. Huh? Joe Biden's not an African-American. Give me African Americans' names. I might agree with you. Come on, talk to me. I really don't want to call African Americans. Why? You call the show criticizing, so give me the names. We don't know who to get rid of unless you you let us know. Okay? Okay, I'll tell you who. I'll tell you who. Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson used African Americans, you say? Yeah, Jesse Jackson. Sharpton. Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton talks all kinds of stuff. But however, he has not done one thing for the African-American community that does not benefit him personally. So you're saying Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson uh, was not true? Uh, we did not really have African-Americans in the heart? Uh, they were just trying to get over themselves? Yes, sir, they did. Look at their assets, look at the money they got to themselves. However, look at what they actually have done for the African-American community. Well, what about uh, President Obama? Do you think he was a good president? As a matter of fact, for an African-American community, he could have done a lot better. However, he did the worst. He's one of the worst African-American persons. Let me tell you what. The historic African-American universities went to him to give him a permanent funding. He refused to do that, and Trump had to give him the permanent funding and Joe Biden come back and take it away from them. Tell me what has he done for African-American community specifically. I'll tell you what he has done for the, for the gay community. I'll tell you how much what he has done for the transsexual community. But can you please tell me one thing they have done he has done for African-American community? One thing. Are you glad he became president? Yes, I am. I voted for him the first time. You said you're glad he became president, right? Yes, I voted for him. Do you think he would have ever become president had Jesse Jackson not did what he did? No, he would not. No, see, see, we have to be careful how we grade people in our minds and speak about them because we cannot afford to dismiss anybody and put them down. As bad a shape as we are in as a people, we're going to have to learn to work with everybody, all of the people who try 
to help us and help us lead. They're not perfect. They'll do some wrong things. I'm, hey, I agree with the, some of the things you said. I agree with them. But at the same time, I don't put them down for the simple fact we can't afford to dismiss certain people out of our community. I thank you for your call, all right? That clears the line, 972-647-1893. Who do you have next, Pierre? Uh, Soul Jonner on uh, line one. Soul Jonner? Yes. All righty. Good morning, Soul Jonner. Morning, Dr. How you doing? Fine. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. This is a perfect uh, public service announcement, if you don't mind. It has to do with safety. Uh, I know you probably saw that uh, out in Pleasant Grove, they had a street that caved in late June. They had what? Uh, uh, a, a street that caved in on late, uh, late June. Oh, yeah. I saw that hole. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. That, that, that hole had been reported before you had the cave in. They, the news media said it was a sinkhole, but it was not a sinkhole. There was no undergirding for that street, under that part of the street that caved in. Mm-hmm. That was, that's that was obvious. Yeah. That's a 30-foot drop with no uh, rebar in the concrete or anything. Mm. That, had been, that had been turned into the city. The city came out and filled that hole up, uh, patched it with asphalt, just like they did again. They've gone out there and patched it with asphalt. But that is a hole that has a 30-foot drop in it. All right, now, who's doing this? Are they contracting that out? Or was these city employees (coughs) who just put asphalt asphalt over that hole? I I would I would venture to say that it was uh, uh, that was contracted, but I'm not absolutely sure. I'm not absolutely sure. But the city inspectors supposed to sign off on that before they say it's safe for people to drop out to drive over. All right, now what what uh, what street is this? Is this a Dallas city-owned street or is this a state-owned street? Who, who owns this? This is this is Lake June. This is Lake June in the 90,000 block of Lake June, just like if you come off Prairie Creek and make a left going east toward into Box Springs, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll run into that, that it's, location. Right it's there. still in Dallas, right? This is in Dallas. So it's owned by the city of Dallas. It's owned by the city of Dallas. See, what, you do, what we, you, we need to do is find out. Is it a contract, or did city employees do it? Now we—they're contracting a lot of a lot of people. A lot of money has been given out with Dallas on the streets through contracts. But guess what? Through those contracts, you see, you rarely ever see an African American working on our streets because those contract companies obviously, obviously haven't hired African-Americans who know how to build streets, who've done this for years, who, who you never saw this. Had this been our, our African-American people out there working, you, everybody been hearing about it. But this is one time, this is the time to find out who are these contractors 
What are they doing? Why is it we see no African Americans working on our streets and highways? That we need we should challenge the state and the federal government when it comes to construction on our streets. All right. This is a this is a this is a critical this is something of life and death. Oh yeah, I, this this is why I'm saying it needs to be challenged because until uh, the early nineties. Most construction, you saw American workers out there doing that, and those streets and bridges were good. But now, you see, did you see how those streets were collapsing when we had them floods here a few weeks ago? That's that means shoddy work has gone on in this city, and this city is contracting. And you got to blame the city because if they're contracting, they're contracting with companies who don't hire African Americans. Well, and then the inspectors, see the inspectors that work for the city, they're signing off on this. Well, they're part, they work with those companies. Well, they, then this is why, this is why I'm calling your show this morning to put this on blast so people will know your lives are endangered by traveling up and down Dallas Street. You're right, and you're doing it right. You're doing it right. Put it on blast. Now, what we're going to do next is go talk to the city manager, talk to them, go before the city council, talk to them, let them know we're tired of not seeing people who look like us doing contract work on the streets building this city. Those big, strong skyscrapers downtown, we built them. We built them. We built this country. We built this city. But all of a sudden, they dismissed us and don't want to pay us the salary that we should be. This should be union salaries. Union salaries. Uh, talk to the show that comes on after me. I can't give them, uh, tell you to call them because they may have something else for their show. But they'll get around to it if you give them time. they let you know that the union, this should be good-paying union jobs. All right? All right. Okay. I thank you, my brother. All right. That clears the line, 972-647-1893. Uh, wow, we're up against a break, uh, and we'll be right back. Fall is here in North Texas. The weather is getting cooler, the leaves are falling, and... It's time for Canoid's biggest rockabilly event of the year. This is Cal Hyde Cole here to tell you about the Rockabilly Review's 31st anniversary party, Saturday, October the 15th, at the historic Santa Herman Hall, featuring Justin Pickard and the Thunderbird Rhinos, the Drop Top Rockets, free barbecue from Smokers Barbecue. That's what's buzzing, cousin, so point that hot rod towards the Santa Herman Hall. Tickets and more info at canoin.org. Doors open at 7 p.m. The Rockabilly Review's 
31st Anniversary Party with Justin Pickard and the Thunderbird Winos. The Drop Top Rockets Saturday, October the 15th at the Sons of Hermit Hall. Whereas my berries, that sounds like a rocking good time. This is a KNON benefit event. KNON 89.3 FM and Five Points Distilling present the 8th Annual KNON Chili Cook-Off and Concert, Saturday, October 8th at Five Points Distillery. Chili heads, chili heads, are you ready? KNON is calling on you to bring out your best and get it cooking. This event will feature an official Turlingua sanctioned chili cook-off, Turlingua rules apply, and it's put you on the way to the big Turlingua cook-off. We'll also have our Anything Goes People's Choice cook-off. So bring it on, stir it up, and let's eat some chili. We also have Hormel versus Wolf Brand Chili Contest, as in Texas Chili versus not Texas Chili. You decide who's better. It's going to be a lot of chili cooking and chili eating. Do not wear your best shirt. We'll also have a bounce house pumpkin carving vendors and great live music. Doors open at noon and we go till 6 p.m. Five Points Distilling, 8575 Union Hill Road in Forney. Vendor space, tickets, and registration is at knom.org. This is a KNON Napkins Needed Benefit event. Get up, stand up, get out and vote. It is your right, but you have to register first. Are you registered to vote? Registration ends 30 days before the election. For more information or to make sure you're registered, go to votetexas.gov or call 800-252-VOTE. Voting is the way to ensure your opinion matters. Don't just talk about it, vote about it. This message brought to you by KNON and the Urban Intertribal Center of Texas. Crossroads Community Service in Dallas provides nourishing meals to low-income families and individuals in the community. Free food is available for those in need at the Crossroads Food Pantry, open Monday through Thursday, 8.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Crossroads is located at 4500 South Cockrell Hill Road in Dallas. For more information, ccsdallas.org or 214-560-2511. All right, we're ready. 972-647. Those of you who are calling and didn't get in, uh, you can call back now. And uh, we'll take, uh, bring me a call on. You've got one one person taking call. He can't get all these calls. And... Uh, who we have next, Pia? Okay, we have uh, James on uh, line four. James? Yes. Alrighty. Good morning, James. James? Can you, uh, yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I'll go right here. Okay. Well, thank you for everything that, that you do for the community. Um, mm. And now, with regards to that thing called on late June, you know, like, that's another reason to vote. You know, yes. like, you don't want to... If you don't want to uh, file into a 30-foot hole in the street, you know, vote. And not only vote, but hold somebody responsible when they're not doing their job. And that's in case like that, somebody is not doing their job. So, well, I should have. You're so right. See, I should have asked him. Who's the city council person over there? Would you happen to know? Uh, I would not know. I don't live in that part of uh, Dallas. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's why we vote, so that we have good services from our government that we are paying millions of dollars to. Anyway, uh, one more thing. Earlier, the attorneys that was talking about the, uh, the case of, uh, in Wolf
uh, website was DOJ.com. Uh, actually, it's justice.gov. And the uh, person that he talked about, Kristen uh, Clark, is an assistant attorney general. And the way you spell it is K-R-I-S-T-E-N-C-L-A-R-K-E. And I want to encourage everybody to send an email or send letters or whatever. Uh, this thing deserves community support. And it's not evidently getting the kind of community support that it should have. Anyway, thank you again for everything you do. And uh, I'm going to continue to listen. All righty. Thank you. Thank you very much. That clears the line, 972-647-1893. All right. Who we have? Eddie is on the line three. Eddie? Eddie. Uh, all righty. Good morning, Eddie. Good day, great reverend. How are you this morning? Well, I'm a big-time winner in the game of life, great reverend. I know that's right. That's right. You're a winner. I'll move quickly. I just would like to have, a say, a few comments in the... To, um, result. Go right ahead. You know, uh, the, the African person who called, uh, criticizing uh, some of our leaders, etc. At least we have some leaders that he can call their names. And mm-hmm. as you well know, this so-called Christianity is really a stolen religion from the African peoples. That's right. You're and, so right. You know, but see, the thing about it, those who stole it took and put their brand on it and then seared the minds of of African American people, African people, about it, and they will not, for the sake of me, go back and read the Bible, and read it with an open mind, with some understanding. And they would understand what you're talking about. Amen. Mm-hmm. You know, as a salesperson, I know if there's no reaching, there's no touching, and you have to have a tap, tap, tap. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy. You have to work. Yeah. In the church, it talked about door-to-door evangelism. That's what we have to do. Mm-hmm. In all of the areas in this uh, state, in this city, etc. it would be a good idea to have on every business, I don't care what nationality it is, door-to-door, a simple flyer, saying vote, propagandize, billboards, whatever. We have sure. to win in this game of life, but you just don't do it by talking. You have to take some action. And I would suggest uh, 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 Heavenly Joy Church would be a good place to send money to make simple flyers and mm-hmm. ask the merchants in these areas, demand of them that they have this flyer on each side of the door as somebody enters. No. And just quickly, again, Hakata is a name that a lot of African people that come to this country call us the black people, so-called African-Americans. Mm-hmm. Hakata. Mm-hmm. It means that these ends will do D-A-M-N anything. And that's such derogatoriness <laughs> man, coming from these You people. waxing cold this morning. Oh, man, you, you, you're on it. You're on it today. Yeah, you're in the spirit. See, that's one thing about the Holy Spirit. He makes you do many intelligent things, things that you've learned and studied he brings back to our memories. He do more than just make us want to jump and shout and holler. He gives great wisdom and power. And and you have really demonstrated this this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Guru. The joy of the Lord is our strength. All right. Yes. 
All right. Thank you for your call. Nicholas Nine nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. Who do you have here? And we have a councilwoman, Caroline Arnold, on uh, line one. All righty. Good. Bring on. Yep. Good morning, councilwoman. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good. I've been listening up the morning, and you've had a number of ex uh, excellent and interesting topics. But mm -hmm. I want to just tap in on just a couple of things. Uh, the voting is, is absolutely correct, but I wanted to add you, uh, the most powerful voter is a research voter, a person who researches. That's so right. So a position of holding that particular uh, individual who is sent to represent them accountable. Mm -hmm. uh, the next piece I wanted to just, and I'll migrate on from that because that's always another show, um, but that's how you get legitimate power. We don't need to, you know, that, that that's basically it in a nutshell. But mm -hmm. I want to make sure we don't forget what your show offers week to week. It embraces everything. Mm -hmm. Mr. Malcolm Robinson, the barrister, Mm -hmm. He speaks the truth. We mm -hmm. have to get a basic understanding of how the process, the legal process works when it relates to ownership and wealth. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we lose, and I'll just say in, in, in some communities that I'm beginning to get in touch with, we lose our wealth with the dirt because we don't take time to take care of business with the basics of putting a framework in, which is what the barrister speaks of. You cannot mm -hmm. bypass the teachings that he lays out every month. And mm -hmm. so I want to commend you for your partnership with him and folks who try to call in to get a little information, but they need to continue on to reach out to get, if they don't reach out to the barrister, they need to have a good understanding of how the legal system works so they can protect their land and their wealth. Uh, uh, you're not cutting you off right now, but <clears throat> uh, Malcolm, we talk, he called me, he said more people calling him the barrister now than calling by his name. <laughs> I didn't mean to pin that on him like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you you even calling him the barrister. <laughs> and some people had a negative meaning to the sound of that name, I guess, at first with him. So I don't know. But go right ahead. Thank you. Yeah, but what he's teaching you is important because... Pastor Barnett, I see it every day in areas that we're working in where we've lost our family's land because we're squabbling over who did pay the property tax, what Big Mama meant to leave, and much of those lands become owned by the we lose them because of the liens, the tax liens, and ultimately they end up into what we call land banks. Mm -hmm. And then we as a city are able to turn around and sell those land banks for development. Mm -hmm. And so I'm seeing it uh, in the bottoms. I'm seeing it in 10th Street. But you have folks who don't have a will. They don't have a trust. And they and they listen to folks with these fly-by-night schemes. Mm -hmm. You can't get around it. It has to be legitimate ownership. If mm -hmm. you own the dirt, then you can make some decisions. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're just standing there 
moaning and groaning. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to move real fast here because I also want to speak to this whole notion of economics in the capitalistic system. Mm-hmm. We have two men that I know of in this city who can share their basic stories of power, economics, or economics, but I have to recognize, and I want us to recognize two names in this city, businessmen who have been giving back for over two or three decades, mm-hmm. and they started from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Mr. Hiawatha Williams, who, mm-hmm. who started the Williams franchise. Right. Mm-hmm. Also take his employee, he has invested in two, at least two business <coughs> in last year, mm-hmm. and awarded them with franchises. Two women who had been working early in their teens and, and 20s. And they stay committed. That's he now, what we have done for him, because he takes care of pretty much every part of this city, is giving back, whether it's taking care of jobs, whether it's feeding folks. Mm-hmm. We're, we renamed the Cummings Recreation Center on Cummings Street mm-hmm. after Mr. Hiawatha Williams. Now, we mm-hmm. will have a celebration and a grand blue ribbon and all of that within probably the next uh, two months. Yep. But I wanted to make sure we talked about someone who has started from the bottom and he still doesn't have a problem with going in to cook chicken. Mm-hmm. Now, the next person is Mr. Roland Parrish. Mm-hmm. Mr. Same Roland Parrish owns, at this point, at least 26 McDonald's in this city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is one of the major investors in the bullet train. Mm-hmm. Mr. Roland Parrish invests in our youth. He invests in education. He's building part of, of giving a Fifth University, I believe, where, where some of his educational roots are. Mm-hmm. But my bottom line is it can be done. But as James Brown said, I don't want nobody to give me nothing to open up till I get it myself. Mm-hmm. So we have to understand that we can't sit back and keep moaning and groaning. We do have to fight. And the system is not always, we know it's not fair, but we have to fight. But it still goes back to getting involved whether it's the vote, putting our resources together. Sometimes it's more about us working together than it is about how much money we have. We That's right. That's right. Yeah. If we would work together, yes. help pick up the trash, help Miss Jones get some of that uh, stuff out in the backyard so mm-hmm. she doesn't have to worry about being attacked by animals and, and, and then the property value is going down. We can control the destiny of our community. That's right. We stand up on our own two feet and work together. So that's pretty much what I wanted to round the conversation out with today. But I want to go back to you, Reverend Barnett, because once again, this conversation enables many folks at the end of the conversation to rethink some of their uh, philosophical views. Mm -hmm. It enables some folks to actually get up when they reflect and take care of business or make a decision to make that day count as we move forward. So I can't thank you enough. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're not, I'm not trying to suck up if some folks will say, this is just real, real talk. So I appreciate no. everything. But, uh, I'm going to go and let someone else get on. But I did want to mention. But now, nah, before you go, I want you, see, a lot of times people don't realize politicians they they think since we've elected you, you're supposed to take the ball and just run over everybody and just go every time. And a lot of times they're calling for help. 
calling for people to come in and participate with them. You've, you've, you hold meetings there at the rec there at uh, Santa and Beckley and, and give information out. But when people ignore things like the things that you're doing in the community and other politicians are doing, they can't get the help from citizenry. That's why I am not so fast to want to jump on, uh, uh, you know, chastise uh, politicians. No. I know what they're up against. Because I've had to do the same thing. I didn't even have a political office, but I'd be getting people, come on, let's go go down and take care of this, take care of that. And it's hard to get people to work. And, and that's what that's one of the major problems. And when we learn to work, we learn to work together. See? Well, I appreciate that, and you and we know, and some folks don't. But your political career started with that PPA. <laughs> you get involved with the bond. I think you were appointed to get that strong bond mm-hmm. project fighting for our community. But yeah. once again, we're gonna we're voting, and I'm as a council member now speaking. We're voting on our final uh, budget proposal this Wednesday, and we're dealing with a four billion dollar budget. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Four billion. Four billion dollars? Four billion. Now we're pushing, and he's pushing what we call a racial equity formula with Mm -hmm. this budget. Mm -hmm. So this Wednesday, we're asking folks to listen in because we are pushing out what we call some of the equity, racial equity funding. And that that means pretty much some of our historically underserved communities, and I represent one of those. District uh, 7 is is with uh, Mr. Adam Valdezua is another Janelle mm-hmm. Atkins represents one. Mm-hmm. Part of District Council Member uh, Casey Thomas is one. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to get infusion of cash in some of these projects that will benefit our community, whether it's stabilizing uh, the, the infrastructure, which we're putting quite a bit of infrastructure money in our communities, projects that help create jobs as well as well as housing and and and, how, and, and infrastructure so it's coming uh, we have also an announcement that's coming up soon with cedar crest golf course that's in four uh we're you're going to be very excited about some of their plans for the his, uh, recognition of our african-american history as it relates to cedar crest okay we're get a major, yeah we're going to have a major uh, sponsor announcement in, in a couple of, of weeks so we're working all in that corridor. I know we're putting quite a bit of investment in that Cedar Crest corridor. We're putting quite a bit on the Lancaster corridor where mm-hmm. I have some, some mm-hmm. announcements to make there. Mm-hmm. But the box, we need to listen and we need to give support. And once again, as I've given a challenge, not only just to our uh, uh, constituents uh, who work day in and day out, I'm also adding another layer and giving a call out to our Greek brothers and sisters who went to college and pledged on community service. And right. Back. Mm-hmm. When I get ready, when we need folks to help with a cleanup, or right now we're raising peanut butter to help North Texas Food Bank to come back and feed probably some of our own people, we're having a hard time getting jars of peanut butter so we can help those individuals who, you know, who really need a basic supplement. And sometimes, you know, I grew up on peanut butter sandwiches. So we're, we're having a good time doing did that. You, so did you have any that? jelly in there? 
Yes, sir. We, ha- well, we could afford it. Jelly on one side, peanut butter on the other. <laughs> we mixed out. We mixed out. Uh, that was good eating. <laughs> yeah. So if people want to help, that's one way they can give us a call at 214-670-0780. We've had the, the Union Baptist Church with Reverend Martin. He's doing the open right here on, on Pope for the donations. Mm-hmm. We have Sister Crawford up with the Glen Oaks Methodist Church. She's taking peanut butter, and, of course, we're taking it down at City Hall. I tell you what, uh, Councilwoman, could you hold right there? We'll we bring you yeah. back, but I'm up against a short break. And yeah. y'all can reach me at 972-647-1893. We'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? All right, we're back. We're back, and you're listening to Dallas City Councilwoman Carolyn Arnold, Miss Arnold. And uh, you're talking about a good representative. Yeah. I can see it because she, I'm a part of her constituency, and uh, very proud to have such a hard-working person. Good morning, Miss Arnold. Uh, are there things that uh, when do you usually meet? When we want to get everybody on support because we got a very important election coming up, November eighth. Uh, is there anything that uh, y'all gonna do? Uh, you do you have something special you want to get out there, get done for with, yes, for the election? Yes, mm-hmm. Yeah, and the first thing I want to just say is to make sure once again you can give us a call because you two one four six seven zero zero seven eight zero. That's Bill Foster is our Cindy Hall. We need to get your email information or any other contact information so you can stay on our. Uh, lister so we can get information out to you about our meeting. Yeah, got my Starbucks. We we have a a, a senior, uh, what senior want brunching this week, this Thursday at um, Eloise Monday. Mm -hmm. And all we need to do is register. We're going to just talk about and have the staff there to talk about issues that affect seniors and what we want uh, in terms of our basic services. That's a start. We have National Night Out on October 4th at Keith Park. Once again, we're going to have public officials out so we can talk about the agenda that affects us daily. We will also have a, a conversation around the accommodations. Uh, Jim Schultz is going to come out that night. and uh, We've also invited Commissioner Price. But it's still, those issues addressed in that book continue to address some of the struggles we're facing now. But we have... Several, and I'll have a womanomics conference coming up in October at Cedar Crest. So we mm-hmm. have a number of things coming up. Uh, I also have another workshop coming up with the Corps of Engineers, conversation around Corps of Engineers. How do we get a part of the process for contracts? The, the, the government is spending billions of dollars here along the uh, Cedar Crest, uh, the, the Trinity, but not the, the, the levee, and to reduce the flooding. And my concern is, where are the minority contractors in this process? And so that's a different type of conversation, but it's out there. We're, we're, so we have quite a bit to offer, but I can tell you, Pastor, what really the basic constituent wants is that infrastructure conversation around street sidewalks and so that they blossom or give us opportunity to blossom economic development opportunities. So what we need the folks to understand is we're here to help, but Pastor, we also get folks who want to come to the table 
They don't have any resources, no resources. We can't, we don't just put money in your hand to start your business. That's not how it works. We do gap financing. For example, I may have some economic, I have discretionary money. But when you come to us, it's a process. I'm, I have about five, let's say I have about five million dollars in economic development uh, mm -hmm. discretionary money. This is not like they used to do years ago, I guess, when you go in the room, you talk to the council member and they write, that's, that doesn't work like that. It's a no. process. We go through legal, we go through the economic development staff, we get a contract, we have to ha have eight or more votes to help you with your business. So I hear folks sometimes say, oh, they ain't gonna do nothing. It's a process. I can't just help you with, with, with gap financing. It's a process. So we're here to help, but folks have to bring something to the table more than just lip service. Yeah. So just know this city manager is all about pushing out equity, equity, equity. And I can't thank you enough, Pastor, for letting me share with what all we're right. doing. All right. You're, you're more than welcome. Well, we appreciate that. And you know, also I'm serving as Mayor Pro Tem, and that's a blessing because it gives us an opportunity to add a little bit more oomph to some of the areas that we need support in. Yes. Whether it's helping with getting folks help with street and the issue you talked about. But and, and when they find out we, uh, you got the people behind you pushing your heart, that give you even a little bit more oomph. Whatever you yeah. call it. <laughs> right, right. Uh, all right. So we appreciate it. And and those individuals who I heard them talking about late June, I, there's a different bar that we uh, raise the level of accountability now. we I don't know, and I can't speak of late June, but I can tell you that the whole policy has changed in terms of contractors and so an accountability. So I make sure that when I have when I when you see that name on the on a oh. sign, and that's when you can tell whose district it is. There will be a sign to tell you who the council member yeah. is and yeah. the number you can call when it pro when it contracts when a construction project seems to be going awry. All right. So I'll we, get off the phone. We thank, thank you. you so okay, okay, thank you. Now I've been this is this uh, uh, flyer by. Uh, on Bonnie and Matthias says good news uh, it's going to be a Southwest Region Conference October 1st through 15th it's a, this is a revival mm -hmm. yes uh, and we, they're going to have who, Donnie McClurkin it's going to be a part special music guest and the uh, speaker will be Dr. Carlton Bird alright let's see where it's at uh, City Temple Church on Bonnie V Road. City Temple Church on Bonnie Bonnie V Road, uh, October first through fifteenth. October first. What day of the week is that? I think okay. it's. Uh, 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 just be on the air. You, you can. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but it's first through fifteenth. Uh, I think that, Mike is Saturday. The musician they have one of the best. Yeah. yeah to. Uh, to bring you some inspirational singing, uh, Donnie McClickton will be there. This is Dallas area fall revival, fall revival, and uh, everybody like the old DJs. You say all roads lead to this place. <laughs> what else? All right, thank you, Bonnie. Yes, sir. All right. Okay. Okay. Let's try to get a couple more uh, calls. I'll get some more right quick. 
They waited patiently. All right. Okay, we have a call on uh, line two. All right. Bring on. Good morning. You're on KNON. Good morning, Reverend. How you doing? Fine. How are you? All right. All right. I'm just uh, we, when you hear the guy uh, talking about the uh, road that collapsed, it made me think about the disasters. Uh, uh, when they have this flooding and everything like that, we need to be raising these these houses and businesses up off the ground about five feet. So don't you think if they're gonna rebuild a, a floodplain? Well, yes. Uh, see, now I did a show once a time. It's been a few years back. Uh, uh-huh. The material that's being used, uh, the workers that's being used, uh, why isn't there a diversity of workers uh, doing this? Something is something is wrong. Something wrong somewhere. Because actually Dallas really shouldn't have flooded the way it, it way it did. Because you have a a big drain. That that, that 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 runs through Dallas. Do you know what that drain is? What is it? The Trinity River. That water should be getting out of here faster. And because when you go and, and when it when it drains right, that big rains come with little water gets walk in the streets. But the water, look, there's so many ditches and everything leads you right back to the Trinity River. And where it really gets big is getting on down when it gets close to Conroe, uh, on down through going almost to Gulf. I see it where it empties into the Gulf of Mexico. And uh, that, that's something that needs to be done. And uh, we need to get on top of it, the citizens of Dallas, especially uh-huh. low-lying areas. Exactly. exactly. Uh-huh. And, and also, uh, as far as this- we, we really need to get more generators than these businesses too because whenever there's, there's a disaster like if you got food or selling gas you need to have a generator because in case all the power goes out you can still stay in business and the food won't, won't spoil that, that, that needs to be a requirement because, because it's not a question of if these disasters go ahead the question is when mm-hmm. that's right that's right you are so right sir and we need to harden these facilities. Mm-hmm. Also, when it comes to parents, I was over, I left the June Tree celebration there in Harlem King, and um, I stopped there at uh, Elaine's Kitchen. I looked across the street, and, mm-hmm. and it was all, the, the, the car wash was all locked up, I think. It was around and everything. And I was thinking there was a big waste of money because all you need, as my old police officer, police chief, you tell me, right, you need to light the area because a dark area is a beating ground for friends. Okay. Yeah. We thank you. Thank you. We want to get some other uh, calls in right quickly. Everybody's just about out of time. Uh, bring me another one. Yeah, we have uh, Carlton Robinson on uh, line three. Who? Carlton Robinson. Robinson? Okay. Yes. All righty. Good morning. You're on KNON. Hello? Brian, how you doing, sir? How Fine. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, sir. How are you doing this morning? Yeah, fine. You can go right ahead, please. Yes, I wanted to thank you all for uh, acknowledging about the revival um, at Dallas City Temple. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we're uh, 
we want to invite everyone, all the listeners, um, to the revival. Um, it starts oh, yes. uh, next Saturday. Next Saturday. Okay. Let's start next Saturday. Yeah, next. Yeah, That's yeah, the first. Uh-huh. At, yeah, yeah, 7 o'clock. All right. Wonderful. Thank you. Glad to do it for you. And I'm, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Bring me another no, one. Huh? No. Yeah, we have uh, someone on line one who has a question for you. All right. Good morning. You on Keno in? Hello? Uh, she was talking about a senior luncheon coming up. Did she say the date and where that is? Wait, what was what was the question? I didn't hear everything. Okay, Miss Arnold had a, has a senior luncheon or something coming up. Do you know the date and place? Okay, Miss Arnold, uh, if you are still listening, please call us right quick and give us the. Time and place of an uh, of uh, where you're having your senior luncheon. Okay. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. Bring it. Bring another round. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have a uh, Doctor Edwards on uh, line four. Doctor Edwards. Yeah. Hey, Doc. Doc. Hey, Reverend Barnett. Yeah. Thank you for doing the show last week. No, I want to thank you uh, for uh, sharing, you know, your your space with me. I, I do appreciate it, and, and you don't know how valuable you are to the community. Uh, wow, I do thank, thank you, you for it, and uh, it was a, it was just a great time. And, and uh, the producer was just he, uh, he he just walked me through it, and so it was it was real good. And I want to mm-hmm. let you know that I'm not going to let the community down. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay steadfast and. Uh, and take care of the people the best that I know how. Well, you're really doing, man. You're doing a tremendous job. You've built a fabulous practice. The building, the, the venue is so nice and wonderful with all the latest of equipment you have. And then you did this in a place where they talking about a desert. I, I don't know what to call this. This is almost another planet when it came to medical care. You've done such a wonderful job. You've done such a beautiful job, man, and you're doing, you're there to help people. Uh, and it, it, I, I'm so proud to just to be a part of that, to get people to come by and be a part of what you're doing there. And there in the, uh, at Marcellus, and uh, let me see, what is, Ann Arbor. Yeah, Ann Arbor. Yeah, say this and Ann Arbor. Yeah, I'm just glad to be to be able to help you. That makes me feel good to be able to help you. Yeah, and help you help the community. Yeah, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Mm Hmm. All right. It's gone. All right. Bring another on. Just bring it on. Just put it on there. Yeah. This is Councilwoman. Oh, it's Councilwoman. Thank you. God. Yes, Ooh, Lord. The, the luncheon is Thursday at Eloise Lunday Recreation Center in the Bottom District. Okay. It's free. All they have to do is just give us a call at 214-670-0780 so that we can add your name to the list. All right. Would you please give that number again? 
All right, Eloise Lundy in the bottom district, right there near eight behind Townview, is two one four six seven zero zero seven eight zero. And if anyone forgets the number, just call three one one and have them to direct you to Mayor Pro Tem Carolyn King Arnold's office. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank, thank you, you very so much. much. Thank you, Paula, for being interested. Yeah, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. I tell you what, I'm, I'm out of time. I can't take any more calls. I got to get out of here. Got to run. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Listen to us tomorrow morning, 930. Uh, Heavenly Joy Church, Facebook, Marion Barnett Sr. Listen to us tomorrow. And God bless you. Bye-bye.